Okay, let's take our Bibles again this morning and turn to the Old Testament book of Exodus. We are looking at the fourth commandment. I'll be reading from verse eight through verse verse one through verse eleven. Exodus chapter twenty. The word of God says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth, the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's pray. Father, this morning again, as we come before your word, we come uh, wanting to know what it says, wanting to put it into practice. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, change our mind when it comes to wrong thinking, and I pray, Lord, even wrong practice, and I pray, Lord, that we would uh, learn how serious uh, the commandments are in Scripture, and I pray, Lord, that we would put them uh, and place them in the right place in our lives so we would honor you, and we would reap the benefits that you uh, planned when you gave them to us, and I pray, Lord, that as we do that, you would make us Believers who are steadfast, steady, and strong in the faith. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so here we have the fourth commandment, which uh, is, as I read already, it's, it's in this commandment, you, as you can see, it gives more detail than the other commandments. The commandments uh, clearly spell out what is involved in our relationship with God, who is holy. First, as I mentioned already, it seems uh, recognizing that he is alone God. He is have, he's to have our first place in our hearts and our lives. And it, when he's not, usually our lives and our relationships are in disorder. The worship of anything or anyone other than the Redeemer God is absolutely prohibited by the commandments. The right relationship is, uh, and the right relationship we are to have with God is our responsibility every single day of our lives. Secondly, we, man must not attempt in the second commandment to make any visible representation of the invisible God. To do so 
would be to great, degrade him and distort his holiness. And furthermore, the idol that is intended to represent God as an aid to worship eventually becomes God in the minds of the worshipers. Thirdly, from last week, we have the responsibility of taking up the name of God and are responsible for his reputation before a lost and dying world by treating his name with honor, with respect, with reverence in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. And so we come to the fourth commandment, and we have a responsibility of one day in seven to attend to God's honor and our own souls. The fourth commandment teaches God's people to keep the Sabbath holy. Now, most say that the Christian Sabbath is the first day of the week, Sunday, called the Lord's Day. However, in many places today, Sunday is no different from any other day of the week. Now, why don't Christians worship on the Sabbath or on Saturday? Why is Sunday a special day for a Christian? At least it's supposed to be a special day. Now, in order to answer uh, these questions and others, I would like to present two messages. This is the first one concerning these two important days, the Sabbath and the Lord's Day. And I would like to first briefly uh, examine each one and then glean some principles from the Sabbath, which I'll do this morning. And then next week we'll look at the similarities of the two days. Uh, and then lastly, I would like to conclude with the requirements and obligations regarding these two days, what it means for the believer, in other words. Uh, the overall purpose is to get you to think about yourselves and how you are to prepare yourselves for the one day in seven that you're to worship him. Now today, we will uh, examine the Sabbath as it concerns the Israelites. And then in the next message, we will examine the principle of the fourth commandment as it applies to believers today. But from the Sabbath day in Scripture, we glean the foundation for the Lord's day. So the principle found in this fourth commandment is that of the nature, looking first at the nature of the Sabbath. And here it says to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, when God gave the Sabbath, it was to be a day of rest and remembrance. However, through the years, it developed into a burden for the people because there was a system of terribly hard-to-do rules imposed by the Jewish leadership on the people. So there was no lack of rules surrounding the fourth commandment. For example, in the time of Jesus, the Pharisees had added hundreds of petty rules that made the law so complicated that people had to study it and study the laws that were on top of it to figure out what God actually wanted them to do. And usually they never really got to what God wanted them to do because it was so cloudy. But they did fear breaking the fourth commandment. All the rules that surrounded the fourth commandment actually clouded 
the original sense of the commandment. Now, that is why when you get to the New Testament, you see Jesus denouncing the Pharisees' traditions as actually transgressing the commandments of God and making them to no effect. For example, in Mark chapter 2, in verse number 7, in the Gospels, Jesus, uh, in many instances, uh, would say to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That is saying... That saying is, is really only found in Mark and was what Jesus is doing is giving the correct understanding of the Sabbath. So Jesus subordinates the Sabbath to man's real well, welfare. Man was not made for the Sabbath as the rabbis seem to think with their petty rules. So when man messes with the Word of God, and goes outside the boundaries of the Word of God, well, they usually come up with utterly ridiculous traditions and rules. For instance, relating to the fourth commandment, if a man was bitten by a flea, he would have to let the flea keep on biting him or be guilty of breaking the Sabbath law. If he killed the flea, he would be guilty of hunting on the Sabbath. So pretty ridiculous. If a farmer's ox fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, well, he can pull it out. But if he fell into the ditch, he had to stay there. <laughs> so see, chapters like the gospel, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus blasts the religious leadership of Israel for, and, and it really exposes their errors. But uh, where Jesus says to them, but in vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines and the precepts of men. And then Jesus said, neglecting the commandments of God, you hold to the tradition of men. So Jesus is actually saying, you abandon the commandments of God. You are substituting man's rules, man's ingenuity for God's laws. And they do it very attractively. Uh, they, they put away... Uh, God's law in a very nice way. In fact, Jesus says to them, he was also saying to them, Jesus, you nicely set aside the commandment of God in order to keep your traditions. In other words, you constantly nullify the divine in order to keep human rule. Don't do that. So Jesus actually exposes the damage done by such self-invented human tradition. A particular term is used uh, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse number 13, where Jesus says, uh, you thus invalidate the Word of God by your traditions. You invalidate it. That means this. Jesus said that you are robbing the Word of God of its authority. In other words, the word invalidate actually means to leave without authority. If you, if you minus or ex extract the authority of the word of God from the word of God by substituting, substituting, substituting something man said instead of what God says, you are actually undermining the word of God and making it of no effect. That's what he says, don't do that. So see, true religion can never be produced by the mind of man. True religion should not 
be mistaken for mere outward observance and religious acts. The real deception is making the man-made rules appear to be teachings that come from God. In fact, there were more than 1,500 ways it has been estimated that a person could break the Sabbath. Now, you may ask, you may ask why, why did the Jewish leadership come up with so many rules related to breaking the fourth commandment? Well, if you take your Bibles and look to Exodus chapter 35 and verse number 2, we get the sense of why they did it. And the reason why they did it is because of fear. And if you notice, they did it really for the prevention of death. It says in Exodus 35 in verse number 2, For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day you shall have have a holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on, on it shall be put to death. So you can see that they were trying to hedge against somebody losing their life for not carrying out the Sabbath day the way they should. But when they took matters into their own hands to try to prevent breaking it, they actually nullified it and broke it. And they moved, by fear, moved away from the meaning and the significance of this special day called the Sabbath. Now, if they would have just stayed in the Hebrew Scriptures, they would have come up with at least eight specific ways that the Bible says don't do these things on this day, they would have been fine. See, the Hebrew Bible actually tells us the types of work that prohibit are prohibited on the Sabbath. And it was this. The first uh, part of it would have been that leaving one's place. You couldn't be moving around on the Sabbath. Also, agricultural activities, no planting or uh, harvesting on the Sabbath. Kindling fire, No kindling fire on the Sabbath. No gathering wood on the Sabbath. And then, of course, no conducting business on the Sabbath or carrying burdens or treading the wine press or loading donkeys. So those were the eight things found in Scripture. If they would have just kept those, they would have been fine. But yet, the Lord never intended the Sabbath to be a day of burden and of restriction. It was to be a very special day. It was a day set apart for the Lord in which it was to benefit God's people with rest and remembrance. So then in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is saying that the Sabbath was made to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. So they got it all messed up and therefore ended up breaking it by trying to to prevent from breaking it. That's what happens when we mess with the Word of God or we substitute man's thinking and impose it upon Scripture. We can't do we should never do that. And then of course that brings me to uh, really the principle under this also is the necessity of the Sabbath. And that again is found in our text in Exodus chapter 20 and verse number eight, the necessity of the Sabbath included 
actually four benefits on behalf of mankind for the Sabbath day, wrapped up, to, wrapped up into about four ideas. Now, of course, it's pretty clear in Scripture what the first one is, and it's simply this, that it is that the idea of remembering. Well, look what it says in verse number 8, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's what it says right there in, in the Word of God. Now, the idea of remembering is not primarily recalling something from the past, but it is used in the sense of remembering the law and the commandments with the idea of doing them. Hence, to remember the Sabbath is actually to observe it by abstaining from work. That's how you observe it. That's why God gave it. To remember that this principle of Sabbath was rooted in the action of God himself in creation. When God created, he called the first six days good, but the seventh day he called holy. So this day was holy, meaning it was a day that belonged to the Lord and was to be used for God's purposes and not for ours. For example, I want you to notice this passage of Scripture on the screen in, in Isaiah 58. Notice what it says here. It says, if because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day. Now, the Scripture is saying, listen, this is what, the way I want you to look at the Sabbath. It's not a day for you. And then notice what it says. And call the Sabbath a delight, a joy, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and honor it, and then notice what it says, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure, and speaking your own word. So here's the pattern of the Sabbath. The pattern was set back then at creation, but it has tremendous value for people every single week of their lives breaking away from the regular regular labor to not work is to honor God in this sense. So they were, re, they were to remember that God created the world in six days and then rested on that seventh day. So that means the second necessity of the Sabbath is, is that of rest in Exodus chapter 20, in verse number 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So it was to be a day of rest, and the reason why is because by the seventh day God completed his work of creation, which he had done, and rested on that seventh day from all the work that he had done. That's what the scripture tells us. Now, God, as a manual laborer, rested after he had finished creation. Now, by the way, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word that means cease or desist, ceasing or desisting. Ceasing or desisting activities. 
The Sabbath does not mean Saturday. It does not mean the seventh day. See, the, what's contained within the word Sabbath is the whole thought of ceasing from labor. The Sabbath is a day when people suspend or cease their normal routine of working. Now, if you notice, the majority of our life is going to be working. Six days we work, right? Now, we have plenty of work to do. All of us have work to do in our life, all right? But here, the Bible is saying this, this one particular day, which is called the Sabbath, is the day that you are going to suspend the normal labor of work and cease from doing it. Because it is not a day specifically about you, it's a day about God. So, no work but rest. It would be a day of rest. And of course, the word sabbaton means complete rest. In fact, in uh, Exodus chapter 31, in verse number 15, it says, for six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of, notice, complete rest, holy to the Lord. And whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be surely put to death. So the Lord took this day very seriously, but he took it seriously for the benefit of the people himself. Now, God did not rest, for your information, because he was physically tired. God rested. His rest signified satisfaction with his creation. That's what it signified. God tells Moses something very interesting concerning this rest. And he says to Moses in Exodus 31, in verse 17, he says this, it is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he, he ceased from labor, and then notice, and was refreshed. This Hebrew verb means actually to take a breath or to refresh oneself. So God tells Moses how he was to refresh. He was refreshed by his day of rest. In other words, it means this, that what, how was he refreshed? He meditated upon the satisfaction of what he had done. He created the heaven and the earth and everything in it, and God stepped back, stopped working, and looked at what was done, and what did he do? He called it very good, and then he called, when he gave the commandments, this particular day, a holy day, to be set apart for the same reason that we should have it, that we have this one day we set apart, one day in seven, for what reason? So we can look at what God had done and step back and rest from our normal routine of working so we can appreciate, so we can drink in what God has done. And in doing that, it refreshes our soul. We have the benefits of getting charged again for the next week of labor. So there's no doubt that God talks about the Sabbath in this way to show people that they must follow the pattern of the Creator that He has set forth for them. So God resting from His work is a pattern given to mankind to benefit them. 
Now, if the if God the Creator rested, then how much more should His creatures rest? It reflects really God's law about the Sabbath. A day of rest is necessary for individuals, for families, for households, and for animals. Now, if you look back at Exodus chapter 20, verse number 10, notice the details given here in verse number 10 of Exodus 20. It says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. Right? The Lord says, listen, this is going to benefit everyone, all the individuals within your influence. They're all going to benefit from that day. Now, I haven't met anybody, maybe you know somebody, who wishes that their life was more hectic than it is. Do you know anybody like that? If you do, I think they're a little bit wacky. I mean, I don't need another thing in my life. Do you? I don't need another thing to do, another thing on my schedule, another hectic thing to drive me absolutely bonkers. But you know what? When we just work and work and work and work, that is not God's plan. That is very destructive for your spiritual life, for your physical life, for your family life, for your relationships, for God's church, and all those things. He does not want us to live like that. That is not beneficial for you. It is beneficial for us that whatever labor God gives us to set aside this day of rest, that it's like no other day of the week. It's a different day. And it's not a day to cut your lawn. It's not a day to paint your house. It's not a day to clean out the basement, to change the oil on your car, to schedule what you're going to do the next week. It is a day just to rest, to focus your attention on the things that are benefit, beneficial for your soul. See, God instituted the weekly Sabbath a day of rest because it reflects his creative work and the blessing that he gave when he had finished creation. It also allowed an opportunity for both people and animals to rest from their work and to be refreshed for the next week. So Christians should really ponder the importance of the Sabbath Described in the Bible, God's instructions really require all people to observe a regular weekly break from work, one day in seven, to rest our souls, to remember, to honor, to worship our Lord for his works and redemption. So, it was a day of rest. There is a third thing that it was also the idea of redemption. Now, for this, I'd like you to turn to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deut Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12 through 15, we get the idea of that of, that of redemption. Now, before I read it, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but probably just verse 15, 
the Exodus account that I just read from Exodus 20 from Mount Sinai and the Deuteronomy account delivered here on the plains of Moab were separated by 40 years. So the idea here in Deuteronomy is a little different than Exodus 20. In Exodus, the focus is on all people as created beings. In Deuteronomy, it is directed to Israel as a nation, as a group of God's redeemed people. And what were they to do in verse number 12 of chapter 5 of Deuteronomy? It says, they were to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord God commanded you. And this term here, observe, has the idea of to uh, stress, to pay careful attention to keeping this specific day. And then this day is also connected to God redeeming his people. Notice in verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 5, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So the Sabbath was God's signpost to remind his special people of his mercy shown to them when they when he rescued them from the Egyptian slavery. So Exodus pointed to God's goodness towards his people as their creator, and Deuteronomy went a step further, pointing to God's mercy towards his chosen people as their redeemer, someone who rescued them from slavery. Now, why is that? So they would not forget what God had done. So they would take ownership of what they believed and honored the Lord by putting their belief into practice into the regular weekly schedule. That means that one day was that day in which they were as God's redeemed people to gather together and not forget all the great works God has done in their behalf. So it was this sense of, I know that God redeemed me. For the believer, it would be that I know that God saved me, and I know the the work that he carried out in order to save me. And so therefore, because of that, I am going to set aside this one day in seven for my regular weekly practice. Now remember, it's not a day that you come up with. It's not a day that you decide. It's It's a day that God decides. Now, that brings me also to the necessity of this special day in that it was also a day with the idea of righteousness. Now, again, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 14, see, God's people were to be different, not only in their daily lifestyle, but in their worship of God. They were also to be concerned with the treatment of others. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. And here again, it's reiterated. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any 
of your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. So this is that of the scriptures getting at this. God's people were to have a special concern for others, especially on this one day that they were breaking apart from their regular labor to focus in on people. Because God was merciful to the people of Israel while they were slaves in Egypt, he expected the Israelites to show loving concern for the people who served with them during the week. So that means the Sabbath day offered the Israelites a perfect opportunity to show loving concern to others on that particular day. And so remember, as the Jewish leadership messed up the whole point of this day of rest, this day of of considering what the Lord had done in their behalf by way of redemption, this way of showing people kindness on this day, that's when you come again to the New Testament. And what happens in the New Testament? You find Jesus constantly coming against the Jewish leadership because they had so distorted this day, they weren't even kind to people. For example, in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says this. It says, He entered again into a synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. So they may accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, Jesus says to the Jewish leadership, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. They did not answer him. And after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to them, stretch out your hand. He said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. So in other words, that it was specifically on the day of Sabbath that kindness was to be shown to people, but they had so put so many boundaries upon this commandment, they could not even show compassion to people who needed help. They thought that would have been a work, and therefore they would have been put to death. So this special day was never to be a sham. Even the the later prophets saw a great deal, and actually they saw and they said a, a great deal about the observance of Sabbath being a sham to people. Many people were were treated, uh, many people actually treated the Sabbath day more as a holiday than as a holy day. They used it as an opportunity for self-indulgence rather than a day for worshiping God. And even some greedy tradesmen found the restrictions of the Sabbath an annoyance to their regular business flow. In fact, the prophet Amos mentions this in his prophecy, and he says to them, listen, saying when... When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain 
and the Sabbath, that we may open the wheat market to make the bushels smaller and the shekel bigger and to cheat with dishonest scales. So in other words, you know, they were upset that their flow of business was being, being hindered because Israel decided to take a day off during the week and rest and worship God instead of making money. So clearly in Scripture that even this practice was uh, debunked. I don't know if you remember years ago, you probably don't. Some people may remember blue laws. They used to have blue laws. You know what blue laws were? That all businesses were closed on Sunday no matter what. I mean, one day I was preaching in Hicksville, Long Island, and um, I went to the town. And, you know, I, I haven't seen blue laws in, in a town for a long time. And I get there, and I says, yeah, we'll get there. We'll have a cup of coffee. We'll get something to eat, and then we'll go to the church. Well, there was nothing open. <laughs> and, and it was only because I found out later that this particular town still had blue laws in place. And so businesses were prevented from opening and making money on Sunday. And so, uh, you know, that practice is, of course, pretty much gone forever. Uh, but see, the church, God's people need to make sure that this one day in seven. Now, I'm saying it like that because I didn't get to the Lord's Day yet. I'm getting there next week. I'm just laying down for you some of the principles that we can glean from the Sabbath because they do translate into the Lord's Day. Not that it's the same day, but the principles are all there. Even the prophets did not shrink when you read through the prophets of exposing the disobedience and abuse of the Sabbath laws where Isaiah said to those who go through the motions on, the, on Sabbath worship, for Sabbath worship, that they actually nauseated the Lord by their misuse of it. Jeremiah told the people that their breaking of the Sabbath laws would eventually bring destruction on the city of Jerusalem, which it did. Ezekiel warned the people that God had been very patient with his people, but if they continued to disobey the rules of the Sabbath, this one day in seven to rest and worship him, he would severely judge them, and he did. And not until Nehemiah, where we see the Israelites now who come back from uh, exile, are more careful uh, than before to observe this one day in seven. So it became a very specific and important day for Israel. And so here's just some of the observations that we can glean from the Sabbath that is going to be seen and practiced in the Lord's day. And it would be this. There, there are important observations. There are, are really several of them made about the Sabbath for the purpose of guiding our understanding of how we should observe and approach the Lord's day. The first one is this. It was a special day. It was not a regular day of work. So that means that God's people were not to treat it like any other day. Do we treat the Lord's day like any other day? Do we have our plans all set in place that, hey, I come to church and boom, while I'm out that door, I'm doing what I need to do that day. See, I think we need to start changing our mindset on that. It's not just about coming and gathering and, and hearing preaching. and It's about what do you do when you leave, the, leave out those doors and go back home? 
you know, or go wherever you go, is it something where you are still in the mindset that that is a special day, that is a day set apart unto the Lord? See, the rules in the Old Testament about the Sabbath were not meant to rule out activity of any kind. Instead, the laws were meant to stop regular, everyday work because if God had had, uh, set aside the Sabbath, the most obvious way of being disrespected was to treat it just like any other day, just another day. No, it's not just another day. It should never just be another day for believers. It was to be set aside with great care and consideration. Also, we saw somewhat that the Lord, the Sabbath was a day of doing good. It was a day for doing good deeds. You now, many ministries take place on Sunday. Those are not considered by God to be work. They're considered to be service to your fellow man as good deeds. Like in Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, this is what it says. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then it is lawful, Jesus said, to do good on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is a day of doing things, but it's doing things other than what you do during the week. It's doing ministry. It's ministering to people. It is helping people. It's meeting with people. It's talking with people. It's counseling people. It's, it's, it's going and sharing the gospel with people. It's all those things uh, that are included in doing good on the Sabbath. And then also we see that it was a day which pointed to the people to remember how much the Lord loved his people and wanted to draw near to them. So the scriptures tell us that God gave his people the Sabbath as an opportunity to serve him and as a reminder of the two great truths in the Bible, of that of the God that we serve is the God who created the heaven and the earth and set this principle out for us to take this one day in seven and rest. And then, of course, the the same God gave us the plan of salvation of redemption, and that if we are saved, if we've come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, then it is that day that that becomes our special thought. During the week, we can forget about those things because the busyness of the week. We shouldn't, but we may. That's why every week we must come together and have our focus adjusted again on the right things. Also, it was a day, it was a day that God's people valued because they valued their relationship with God. So when you go off to church on Sunday morning and people see you and your family sees you and they don't, and then you, you know, when you're on your way to church, you're going past, you know, bike, people are on bicycles and people are on skateboards and people doing their, their business on Sunday, but you're not. You're, you're valuing that day as a special day because of your relationship with God, not just to get up and i got to go to church. We should never have that attitude, of course. This is a day that we value because we value what God's given us. We value the word of God. We value the, the, that rest that God's granted to us. We value how God is going to use that to benefit us for our life. 
and for what goes on that next week. We value that, and we show it by actually carrying that day out and doing it. And then also, it is a day that tested the people's loyalty. It was a day that tested the people's loyalty, right? Now, you can be at a soccer game this morning. You can be at a, at a shower for a family member this morning. You can be any, you can be any, any hundred places this morning. But see, those are the decisions we have to make before God to show our loyalty to him, you know? That this day is so important that I don't replace it with something else, even though somebody else may think that it's important for me to be somewhere else instead of here, I decide I'm going to be here. And I know that sometimes our families do not pick up on that nicely. They like to come against us because of that, right? They like to schedule things right when they know you're in church, and then they say, well, how come you weren't there? Because I was worshiping the Lord. Well, that doesn't always fly with them. And see, that that's the struggle we're all going to have. But see, there is a sense of, are you loyal to the Lord? If you're here, you're loyal. If you're setting up apart that day, you're loyal. So it's a day to test loyalty. And also, it is, it was a, a, a day to uh, a day of blessing and enjoyment, not a day of labor and burden. It would to be a day of rest and remembrance. So the Sabbath day should be a day of delight. A day of joy, a day of not doing my, the things that I like to do. It wasn't a day of really uh, seeking my own pleasure or your own pleasure or seeking things that I wanted to talk about. It's a day that I want to hear from God. I want to hear from the word of God. I want to know what God wants me to do. It's the day to come and praise and worship God and lift up our hands before him and our voices to sing. It's that kind of day. And so that becomes a very special day. Now, just take your Bible for a moment in the last passage that I want to look at this morning, and that's in Psalm 92. Psalm 92. And the reason why I picked this particular psalm If you notice on the top, Psalm 92, it says, praise for the Lord's goodness, right? It should say that. Not all Bibles may say that. But it says, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. So in, in other words, this, remember, the psalms were songs. They sang these. But notice what's, con, what's included in this psalm. If this would be the, be the psalm of a Sabbath day... This one day that they rested and didn't labor. Notice some things that are included. We'll look at verse 1 through 5 and then then verse 15, not the whole thing. It says in verse number 1 through 5, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Verse 3, with ten-string lute and with harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. Verse 5, how great 
are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. And then notice down to verse number 15. It says this, To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness with him. So you could see that in that song is, gives us a sense of what, are, what is in the mind of the people when they come to worship God. It's about focusing in on what he had done, focusing in on his character, and focusing in on declaring, declaring to him, giving thanks to him, praising him, and declaring that the Lord is upright and good and righteous and a God to be worshipped. See, that's what it, what's in their mindset. And that is what strengthened them and refreshed them to go on and then live another week until the next Sabbath. So next week, I'm going to examine how the Sabbath principle influences us and how it's related to life today. Also, we'll see if there are any similarities between the two days and then conclude with the requirements and obligations regarding these two days and what it means for a believer as we prepare ourselves for the Lord's Day each week. I'm going to mention some other things, of course, in that. So I pray that the Lord's Day, as we look at it next time, would truly become and remain a special day that is carefully prepared for and observed so that we reap the benefits of spiritual rest and that the Lord is honored and worshipped and praised by us for his mercy, his faithfulness, and his great works. I pray for that. Let's, let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you today for the kindness that you have displayed to us and given to us. In, in the sense, giving it first to your people in the Old Testament Israel, Lord. You'll redeem people then. But now, Lord, in a special way, we also have a special day. A day to put these principles into practice and not to neglect them. A day to honor your name with an attitude that you're pleased with and with our voices that are prepared to lift up praise to your great name. I pray, Lord, that you would just to adjust our thinking about how we consider the Lord's day from this day forward until next week and each week after. And I pray this in Christ's most precious name. Amen.